0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking TESOL. This is Concordia University's TESOL Resource Center's official podcast, where we discuss all things to do with teaching English as a second language. I'm your host, Sivan. If you're new to this series, please be sure to check out our website at www.concordia.ca forward slash or find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram under Concordia's TESOL Resource Center. We have online resources for teachers, a wonderful mentorship program, and of course, more episodes of Talking TESL, which you can find on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Aside from providing helpful and current resources, we aim to bring members of Concordia's TESL community together, from TESL students, to ESL learners, to faculty, to graduates, and this is so we can all engage in conversation and learn from one another. So today we'll be talking about that first big step into the field, and that is the first year teaching. Where do we even begin? It is something that novice teachers have been preparing years for, and yet it can still feel like plunging into the unknown. That first year of teaching can be anxiety-inducing, exciting, extraordinarily challenging, but also deeply rewarding. Sometimes that first year can also feel very isolating. You come from an educational program in classes with all your peers, and suddenly you have your own classroom with your own students. And I know personally there were so many instances in which I asked myself, am I doing the right thing? Are other teachers having similar experiences? So for that reason, today I'll be joined by two teachers who just completed their first year teaching and are here to talk with us all about it. I'll be sitting down with Pilar and Rosalie, who are two graduates of the Tessel B-ED, and they're here to discuss their expectations, experiences, and emotions during that first year. So let's give them a call. Hi,
1: Rosalie. Hi, Pilar. Hi, hi, Sivan, hi, Rosalie. Hey. All right, so happy to have you
0: guys here. So we have so many questions to ask you, but first, um, can you guys tell me a little bit about your respective teaching trajectories? And what I mean by that is, what motivated you to get into teaching, and what kind of training did you do, and what kind of institutions are you teaching in now? So maybe, Rosalie, do you want to start?
2: Yeah, sure. Sure um so for me what got me into uh teaching was this humanitarian trip that i did in uh in high school to costa rica and i think it's a while ago so i think it was like a two week uh two week trip and we went there and we taught english in this small village that we stayed in mm-hmm. and uh we were paired up and we had our own kind of small groups of uh students and it was something that we prepped for months before we left every lunch we'd spend time together we'd plan we did we We'd uh, find different activities that we could do with them and stuff like that. And it just kind of gave me two bugs. Well, one, it was like traveling because I love it. And then two was also kind of this teaching experience. I mean, now after officially graduating from an actual teaching English program, I'm very aware that two weeks is definitely not enough to have any difference for these students. But, uh, you know, it gave me that bug.
0: Fun fact. It was similar for me, actually. Um, What got me into it was two weeks in Poland.
2: So Uh, I feel you. you yeah
0: um what about you Pilar what what got you into it
1: um no I think teaching was it kind of it was very different in the sense that I didn't plan for it 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 just kind of came into my life I started teaching it was kind of like a hobby kind of thing I was not planning on doing it for the long run I wanted to be into fashion merchandising and that was like my dream and then I started teaching and I fell in love with it. I I I don't see me doing anything else. I when I moved to Canada, I thought you know I have the moment to reinvent myself, and now I'm going to try to do something different. And I couldn't find anything that made me happier than teaching. So I that's why I ended up going to Concordia and doing the TESOL program. Okay, so just
0: to clarify, you are from Colombia, and this was in Colombia, right? Where you where you first started teaching, right?
1: Yeah, I first started teaching in Austria, and, oh. but most of my experience was in Colombia, yes.
0: So there's a lot of moving around for you, Pilar, and Rosalie, it was really from this volunteering trip, but it seems like you guys both just like got into teaching and realized, oh my god, I love this and I want to like really follow this. It wasn't something from childhood. Sometimes people... No. Yeah, no. I have no, a no.
2: very clear, distinct memory from high school where I was like, my god, I do not want to be a teacher. Really? Why, Why would you ever be a teacher? You know, <laughs> what was what, like, what so that? <laughs> I don't even know what it was. I think we we're just in class, or maybe you know, like students are being so awful, and I was just like, man, I feel so bad for this teacher. I don't know, <laughs> but I just have this vivid, vivid memory of just being like, dang, it's not what I would want to do. Like but this is this ain't
0: it? That is so that is so funny. Oh. That is that's really funny. So okay, so then in your first year. You guys um, basically started off here during COVID, which is like a crazy, I I mean, COVID is such a unique situation because I guess it maybe kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Like everyone feels novice. Like, would you agree with that statement? Because I've heard that thrown around. Would you agree with that?
2: I think it takes off a little bit of the edge of being like the perfect teacher because you know everyone's kind of having a bit of a harder time, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying like that's great, but it helps a little, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's true. Yeah. Even like the most experienced teachers are experiencing something new. So it, it, it does help in that way. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Did it help because you felt like, um, okay, everyone's, everyone's struggling the same way that I am. And, and did you feel like people were more apt to talk about their struggles? Like, do you think that was what was kind of helpful about it? Or like there was just more communication?
1: Yeah, I think communication is a big part of it. Like, we're almost like more willing to say, Oh, this didn't go well. And I tried this and it worked um, with this group or I don't know. Uh, but I also think it's that I think it's going back to what Rosalie was saying that we're all experiencing this from the for the very first time. Even teachers who did online teaching last semester when everything started, this is different. At, at this in high school, you have hybrid teaching, like, you know, all of that is different. And so because it is new for everybody, it doesn't matter if you've been teaching 40 years, 15 years, three years, five years, kind of like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'll let you know how it goes.
0: And so what were your situations like? Because I know, yes, in high school, there's hybrid teaching in elementary school. What was this? So what what were the situations like for this, like teaching this year, the formats?
2: Um, I feel like my answer is going to be a lot shorter. <laughs> Go for it, Rosalie. Because for um, Well, I mean, I've been incredibly fortunate where my school has had no cases at, at all whatsoever. Okay. No classes have closed or anything like that. So I've been in classes since September, I'm teaching my own groups, but also subbing as well. And um, anytime there's any online teaching that I would have to do, it, it was after my class. So like in December for Christmas, when we had that online teaching in elementary, um, I had my last class. And then the next day it started. So I didn't have to uh, do any of that.
0: Oh, you avoided the online. I did. Okay. And I seem to continue
2: to. (laughs) Although I did panic prepare like some online materials that are currently outdated because it was like winter themed. So...
0: Well, who knows? I mean, with the weather we're having just for you listeners today, the date is, what is it? April 21st. And we just got five centimeters of snow. So, um, who knows, Rosalie, maybe you'll get to use the animals are going to
2: go back to hibernating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it might be relevant. Um, what about you Pilar? What was the, the, the situation really this year?
1: I think in high school, it's, it's a lot of elements that are different. Um, so before the kids used to go to like the teacher's classroom, right? So they were rotating classrooms. They were also, um, they had like science with a group of friends and then they went to English and they had other people, not only another, other teacher, but also other friends or, or peers. And so this year they have bubbles. And I think that's a, one of the biggest issues. They're just emotionally, they feel anxious. They're not motivated. They want to, Be with their friends. The hallways is always, um, you would, you would think that now it's not so much, but at the beginning of the school year, it was chaos the hallways because you're always like, go to your class. Don't say hello to your friends. What are you doing? This is your line. And that is just, you know, stressful for everybody, students and teachers. Um, then, You know, the the logistics of hybrid instructions, it's not easy. We weren't planning for it. We had everybody in the school up to like October, I think. Mm -hmm. Then we went to hybrid teaching. Then we went full online for a couple of weeks. Then we went back to hybrid. Then we went back to everybody in the school. Now we're all back to hybrid teaching, secondary three, four, and five. So I think all of those changes are also adding another layer of stress and anxiety and this unknown, like, oh, what's going to happen next? Um, My school has also been good, but we have had um, classes that have been closed, not mine. But yes, uh, classes Um, and students have been in contact. So there is always like the one, two, three students per class that are not in the school. Mm-hmm. And if they go into isolation, then you have to do in school teaching but you're projecting your camera, like you're you're projecting your class so the kid in the house can see your class, but that means that you're creating materials for in classroom and online. So that they can participate while they're at home. So it's it's all of that that it's a it's a bit it could be a bit daunting, I guess. Um you get the hang of it of for mm-hmm. sure, but mm-hmm. and you learn to plan more practically so that it works in all scenarios but it's not it's not easy classroom management in hybrid or in online it's different you we you weren't trained for that you weren't trained for turn on your cameras turn off your mics you know um stop it's, just it's just different different classroom management yeah it's, yeah it's beyond
0: Wow. Okay, this is a question I wanted to ask later, but I feel like it's very appropriate now. So, for both of you, respectively, and especially given the circumstances, like first year and then first year with COVID, what kind of support systems did you like? Did you create for yourselves? Did you already? Did you have? What kind of support systems did you have for this year?
2: Uh, For me, uh, in my case, there is another English uh, teacher at my school, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, the days that the day that I'm there, she's not. She's oh. there on all the other days and I'm out there. So really getting to meet her and get to know her type of thing has been a little bit harder. On top of that, too, when I am there for subbing at lunch, she leaves to go home. But uh, I think a huge resource for me was the Quebec ESL group on uh, on Facebook.
3: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, reaching out there, I got a I got a lot of uh, materials and stuff like that. And often just scrolling, people ask questions that, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I thought about that the other day. And then, you know, I see some opinions. I'm like, OK, that's great. It's helpful. Um, a huge support system for me is also Pilar. She's pretty much the, <laughs> the person I call whenever I need help, whenever I have a question, whenever I need to like bounce an idea. Um, so it's super important to have a, a definitely like a close teacher friend that understands what you're going through.
0: Yeah, because you guys graduated the same year from the BN, right? So yes, you guys yes. like went through the program together entirely. Petal Oh my God. Okay. Wow. We, we
2: got paired together for the first uh, house of friendship internship. And then it was like, we can get rid of each other.
0: Oh my God. No way. Okay. So it's like right from the very beginning. Wow. That's so cool. What about you, Pilar? So what kind of support systems did you, did you have this first year?
1: So I was very lucky because um, my, my contract is at a high school where I did my internship. Okay. And so I knew more or less the team, but my, my CT was super generous. Like the whole summer I bounced off ideas. Um, And now that I'm actually in the team, you know, like be, beyond the, oh, hi, good morning. Like that I feel part of it. They're super welcoming. There are like seven teachers. They're super welcoming. They're all happy to share ideas and. And to say, okay, you know, like we're doing sec threes. And even if you're not, then they feel like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What about if you do this in sec two? So that next year we do this in sec three and it kind of connects. And it's it's just a very, very nice environment to work um in. Uh, my school also has a mentoring program. Oh, that's it's great. Uh, with um retired teacher that she retired this year. So she was in the as a teacher in the school last year. She's super nice. I think for me, um, that helped in all the admin stuff because mm-hmm. um there are a lot like okay, so I teach Spanish and English at the high school and so in the Spanish department is me. Right? That's okay. that's it. Like you are I'm the, the department. Right. So <laughs> I don't I can't I can't say, Oh, what do you think about this? And how do we do with this and does this transfer to and because i i teach cib program so all of those little things are very um subject based but then you have that help with the admin stuff like how do you um get consent for different projects and things like that so that i think that was very important uh for me um as part of the mentoring program but i do think that schools that offer mentoring program are are rare um hmm. or a mentoring program that is so structured because in my school it's very structured like she came to see me a hundred times she invited new teachers to go see other new teachers to go see um like more experienced teachers too like it's very structured so I feel that helped a lot um and then you know my principals are super nice too so it was it's a very nice environment I I had a lot of help and the Facebook groups are very helpful and yes, like Rosalie said, having someone that is there when you're having a bad day and just want to vent and run on, run um, off ideas and all of that is super important. So I'm very lucky that I also have Rosalie to do that.
3: Yeah.
0: So I want to ask, like, so your peers from the program, like, do you guys, um, do you guys keep in touch? Do you guys like have a group going or do you find you just like, you know, found your person that you would bounce off ideas or what? what's the support like from the graduates? Do you guys...
3: Um,
2: I'm, I would say it's mixed. We do have uh, groups. I think we have a couple of chats too, mm-hmm. and uh, occasionally you know you got people that throw in a question, or if people are looking for subs because you know we, I think people would like to pull from the people that we know to get get as a sub. Um, but um, mostly, I would say for me is uh, is Polar. But I mean, I've just kind of been using Polar for the last five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all assignments, all projects, pretty much everything.
0: What about in that first year, what was your, your work-life balance like? Like, what was it like at the beginning? How did it change over time? What does it look like now?
2: This is funny because again, it's very opposite for both me and Polar.
0: But this is good because I want to get the, I want to get both sides. So it's great. Great.
2: So -hmm. what you're going to get is like, I'm like the very toned down version because well, in my case, my, my contract's only 14.89%, which Mm -hmm. roughly translate to, um, once once a week half a day okay so I really just see all my groups back to back to back and then that's it for the week
0: that sounds awesome um back to back back.
2: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so it's like I hit them one two three and then I'm done yeah and then the rest is kind of like subbing. so my and um I'm actually also working part-time as an accounts receivables clerk for another business Mm -hmm. so it's all very flexible I have a very good balance because I get to kind of pick and choose the hours that I want to work essentially. I really only have Wednesday morning that's booked.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If
2: I really need like a break or I'm having too much to do, then I could just say, okay, I'm not going to accept this subbing job or I'm just going to put this work to the side for today type of thing.
0: Are you happy that it turned out that way for your first year? Yes.
2: Yeah. And I don't okay. know if that makes me, like, a little lazy, but I was, like, you know, hearing about how people are dealing with COVID and how it's stressful and how it's, you know, overwhelming. Like, even I just kind of get anxious and overwhelmed with, like, smaller things. You know, that's just kind of how I am anyways. But uh, I think this is, like, a nice, like, little ease in with the I subbing. I definitely and then see that. Having my small little groups and having my, like, focus is, like, this one thing, so...
0: Okay. Interesting. No, I definitely see that. And especially now, I don't know if you guys feel this, but yeah, it's like the smallest little thing is just like triggering massive anxiety. Um, I think that's just the atmosphere of the times. Um, but okay, Pilar, when I asked that question, you were smiling, work-life balance. What's, what's the smile for? <laughs>
1: um, Take a seat. Yeah, for sure. It's just, for me, it's, um, it's hard, but it's also because I'm doing a lot of things right now. Um, so I I started my contract was initially um forty percent I think. And mm-hmm. then as soon as I went into school, the principal was like, Oh hey, would you like to take like I don't know, I think it was like three or two or three more groups. I was like, oh, Okay, you know, I'm like, Yes, okay. And then uh later in October I got one more group. So I started at forty and now I'm at ninety. So um that is a big workload. Then I, I'm doing my masters full time, as you know, Sivan. Yes. um, An ITA for classes and I have family. I have three kids and a dog and a husband and a house, you know, like the whole, the whole deal. So I do think that it takes a lot of organization, but it's, it, if, if you're loving everything that you do, then it's easier, I guess. Like whenever I'm feeling drained or, stressed, I kind of say like, okay, why do I want to let go of, you know, like I I want to let go of something and I really can't pick the one thing that I want to let go. So I feel that I'm doing what I want and everything is making me happy. Then it's just uh, organizing things and knowing that this hard week with finals and things is going to pass. Next week is going to be better again. So it's just, uh, yeah, not, not getting caught up in the day or the time that you're stressed, I guess. Wow. And
0: planning. Planning. Okay. So it's the, the, this too shall pass kind of mindset and being a little bit playful about it and, and lighthearted. Um, so when it comes to organization, for both of you, what are some actual concrete things that you guys are doing to stay organized? Like, I'm not kidding. What, what apps do you use? What do you do? I, I want to know, you know.
1: So I'm old. Mm-hmm. Um, that means... That when you're asking about apps and things like that, I'm like, um, see, I don't know. Um, the
0: so agenda I, is perfectly cool too.
1: <laughs> Our I, calendar. Mm-hmm. Rosalie is she's known me for a lot of years now, so I am a full on agenda planner, to do checklists. I'm addicted, um, uh to checklist. So I I'm all over that, and I do think that creating a system that works for you, whatever it may be, is extremely important. So you can. I color code my groups. Um, you have folders that are color coded uh, so that it makes it easier. Um, because I'm in high school, we have a nine day cycle. Then I have my, my my class list printed for day one, for day two, for day three, and they're organized so that I just take the day and I have all of my lists that I don't have to go um, like looking for my list and looking for my students that are organized also in the in the schedule of my classes so it's just easier um, lately I've been using uh, the OneNote more to to get like to do li- so it's on my phone and it's on my computer and it's on my school computer and it's just easier to have uh, quick notes like don't forget to get this computer set up for this student or like uh, get approval for this just things like that that tend to be forgotten Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do think that uh, one of the most important things um, uh, a new teacher can do is find a system create a system unfortunately there is no like golden rule I can't say planners work for everybody right Mm -hmm. but you need to find a system because that will bring everything stress anxiety it will just bring everything back to like level one you're gonna be like okay I got this
0: I think that is such good advice that you need to have a system. You need to have a routine, find the things that work for you. So this is interesting because Rosalie, if you're working, uh, what was it? You said 14 point. I it's
2: like
0: a 14.89%. 14.89, 14.89. Okay. If you're, and you were saying before also how your hours are more flexible. Do you find like, if your hours are more flexible like that, do you find it harder to create these routines in these systems?
3: Um,
2: no but I think that might just be me because Mm -hmm. like I I feel like I'm lazy but I'm also incredibly organized and like like anal okay okay so like great combination I know it's Mm -hmm. very weird so I can be very very lazy and I'll wait last minute to do things but Mm -hmm. then I'll have these random days where I'm like I'm sitting in front of my screen for like eight hours straight and I'm like powering through everything and I get everything organized and done
0: oh my god I feel you I'm the (laughs) same way I'm the same way and And I I wish I was a bit more balanced but okay I I don't know I'm like (laughs)
2: You know, Polaris, <laughs> like your class of like, I'm organized and everything, teacher. And I'm like, man, I'm so jealous. And I wish I was like that. But then to a certain extent, I kind of am. But it's okay. like my lazy side that's like jealous of her. And then it's kind of like my lazy side is oh, like my organized side. <laughs> but um, because I have, you know, I have three groups. I have like 55 students. It's very small. Um, It's easy for me to organize myself into a nice little binder I have everything printed out. For me, my planning is like a nice Word doc. I wish, I wish I could get those fancy teacher planners. Like that's my dream. But I, I have three groups and I see them once a week, half a day, you know, so I don't have anything else to plan. So I'm not going to spend the money on a planner just to fill up <laughs> one Wednesday morning, <laughs> you know, right. so so I opted for a Microsoft Word thing, nice point form things, little notes here and there. And, uh, and that keeps me fairly organized. For subbing, I put everything in my phone. Okay. Also just to keep track to make sure I get paid for the right days. Right, 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 right. Um, but I have, I have, my I have my binder and it's nice and organized and I have uh, little spots for each of my groups. And, you know, every time before class, I'm counting all the little papers to make sure each group has their <laughs> 18 pages.
0: So but you both have your systems and it sounds like you have systems that, I mean, not just fit your situations, but that also fit your personalities in a way, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like, yeah, the situation is different, but also like Yeah, just how you, you function organizationally. Um, because yeah, I, I really, really understand that. And I think that's also just really good advice for that first year. Um, because I don't know if you guys had this experience, but for me, it felt like I was just like kind of thrown. It's just like I was like thrown into it, you know, and it's almost like the system got created based off of
2: your situation, the
0: the situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know if you guys felt this, but personally, like if I don't have my ducks in line, um, I, I freak out yes
2: out and so like to know things I hate knowing
0: I want to know I want to know what's going on in like weeks from now you know so I found that really hard at the beginning when on the one hand you kind of like create a system of organization that fits the situation but then you're like thrown into the situation you don't really know what it will entail I don't know did you guys have similar experiences or did you find like you had your you had systems before
2: um, Russell, we actually, we uh, we talked about this last night and we realized that, again, oh, this is a very different situation mm-hmm. for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> in my case, um, because I graduated in August, I miss the best thing. So that's why I have such a small contract. So I mm-hmm. miss the big contract. Like, everybody grab a contract. Everyone gets a nice contract.
0: Could you just say community. when that is? When is that? Just
3: what for listeners. For, when is that? It's a, in June? The beginning June? of
1: June. For for new teachers, is the beginning of June. I think if you've had over... 80 or like more years or something, then it goes to like late, late May three days.
2: Yeah. I think there's, there's two, one early June and then one a little bit later. So either way I missed both of them. Right. Okay. This is how I ended up in my situation. So I, it happened really fast for me. Okay. So I got my contract really fast. I basically got the call and then the next day I was in the school and then here I am thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to meet the principal, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. It was my first day. So I was like, OK, <laughs> so uh, didn't have anything planned, didn't have anything like remotely ready, never taught grade one in my life before.
0: What did you do? <laughs>
2: what um, happened? I, I went back to our first um, I went back to our first uh, cycle one lesson plan. Do you remember with the penguin, the penguin song? So I played a little Penguin song. We did some Simon Says. You know, it's a song with dancing. So we danced. We did some Simon Says. We, uh, we watched some English stories. We, you know, it was a whole lot of YouTube. YouTube. I'm
0: not YouTube gonna is lie. good. YouTube is good.
2: Mm-hmm. And then because I just kind of got thrown into it. So I didn't have time to be like, what's my system? What's my thing? I just kind of got, hey, you're teaching grade one. Go for it. Yeah. And then they kind of had to do a catch up.
0: I think that's, a, I think that's really common, you know, that you're yeah. just kind of like oh thrown God, into yeah. it. Yeah. So what about you, Pilar? Like, did you devise your systems beforehand
1: or? Yeah, me was the complete opposite. <laughs> I. Yeah. So I'm a big planner. Um, the color coding system was, um, it was my CT at that school who taught me how she did it. And it just clicked with my own OCDness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So that I knew I wanted to to follow too, but then I I was in the second uh, round of the design, and so um I knew my contract, but like I said, my contract was initially forty, mm-hmm. um and so I spent all of June, July, August planning,
3: okay. and
1: I planned like I did. My year planning, my unit plans, I, I set up days to do lists, things that I wanted to do, like I planned like crazy. And then I realized that, like, if I were to do it again, I wouldn't plan so much. It, it was a big mistake. I, I, I used a lot of time because I think that there are things that I don't regret. Like, um, one thing that I think is helpful is if you look at the school's, um, calendar and then you see when the, the grades the the boot time when that's going to be given to the parents and so right. then you plan okay I'm going to have to submit my grades at least a week before right so then I planned my my terms to finish a week before that uh date that official date and so then I was like okay if you need to have at least three elements of each competency this is what I want to do this is at least the three elements or it's like the date that I want to have my first element so that I have time to grade and then it, it won't get uh, together with my second um, task and my third. And, you know, I didn't want to have big piles of grading mm-hmm. before the 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 grades the grade needed to be submitted. So that's helpful. It's helpful to know, like, okay, I need to teach 80% of my book at least. What tasks do I think are essential or I want to use? What units do I want to use and why? And then list of ideas of like, okay, I'm teaching, I don't know. Um, modal verbs what do i want to do do many uh, other activities that i other tasks and things that i think would be interesting that are spin off from the book and then you just like a list of ideas but like planning to the to the details that i planned i don't think is beneficial because you go in and then you have to have like a week of needs analysis when you're like oh whoopsie i think i this was way out of the of my student league. i need to bring it down or adjust it or so I don't think going to the level of detail that I did is is um ideal it's beneficial
0: I think that's but a really really good point it. but that is such a good point because I think especially if you um yeah, I have this, you know, this way of being where you need to be like hyper hyper organized and know what's coming. Like you you, you have at least man, I felt this. Like you you have this um, idea like this is what I need to do. I need to plan to the nth degree to feel um, secure with myself. And then you go in there and you realize that what you plan does not correspond to their levels or to, you know, like and then it just it throws you completely off kilter. So I think that's really 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 that's a really good point. Um,
1: especially for Spanish I find like for mm -hmm. English you have a bit or this is my first time teaching Spanish I never taught Spanish ever Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, for English I feel like I had a bit more of an idea of what students were like and because of the internships and and then I could also ask my CT oh hey I'm gonna get a sec two what are they like whatever but for Spanish, no one no one could really tell me exactly mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what their level was because this is their third language, but they're not divided like English into core and rich and I B and advanced. No, it's just Spanish. So you have native Spanish speakers and like people who have never seen a word of Spanish in the same classroom, and it's very hard to to tackle that.
0: I think people are going to be in that situation even for english i'm relating yeah, so hard to this right now <laughs> like yeah
1: mm-hmm. we are bubble classes uh, have made that happen to us so yeah we have
0: yeah absolutely multiple
1: levels and it seems like it's going to be like that next year too so
0: right okay i want to talk about um your expectations going into that first year. So just things that you 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 maybe you thought you would happen or ways that you thought you'd feel or anything that you you expected but then just were completely subverted. What are some examples of of things, of moments like that or feelings?
2: I would say wow, well, I mean for me classroom management has always been the big scary monster. Hmm. That's like, you know, just kind of like breathing down my neck. It's always terrified me. Mm-hmm. Um but I was um I'm pleasantly surprised i mean especially in grade one though at grade one the kids are they still listen to the teacher you know they don't have that like uh you know i won't listen to you or i won't do that and, and, and even if they do it's never malicious it's never like like something against me you know they might just be a little too excited or they might just be a little too like into something else or or stuff like that so the classroom management aspect of it wasn't so bad it also helped that uh, their homeroom teachers established um uh, uh good like motivational um systems Right. So I got to kind of hop onto those. And that also helped as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think another one was um, uh, planning, especially at the grade one level, because, again, like I said, I never taught grade one before. Mm-hmm. But when and I was terrified of it, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with them. I don't know. I mean, like I did know. Right. Based on the classes that we did, but like very, very minimal. And I was like, I don't right. really know how how to go about it. But You know, you kind of realize like in grade one, it's really about having them engage with the language, have fun. It's really cute stories. It's fun songs. It's introducing food. It's introducing colors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of fell in love with the planning. I thought it was so fun. I was like, look at all these things that I can do. Look at all these cute songs. I can show them. Look at all these cute stories. I can read them. You know, things that I liked when I was that age and stuff like that. So um, the planning definitely got a lot easier. And they got a lot less daunting
0: okay. and scary. That's interesting. So it's things that you thought would be scary. And then you got into it and you're like, oh, my God, no, I actually really enjoy this. And it's flowing a lot more than I expected it would.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess this is what makes me a teacher. OK, it makes sense. Because, you know, you don't always feel like a teacher.
0: But mm-hmm. then you
2: kind of find these things. and You're like, OK, yeah, you know what? I think I'm in the right profession.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that where you,
0: yeah, have those moments of doubt perhaps oh, where you're like, yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, Pilar? What were some things that you expected
1: or maybe even didn't expect? I don't know. I think it's again, the opposite to Rosalie. Classroom <laughs> management too, but I, I found, I always thought that classroom Classroom management was like, okay, here are the rules. Do so we all agree to the rules? Okay, we agreed, done. And then I I realized that yes, we all agreed, we were there, we created them together, but you have to remind them constantly. They in high school you have that opposite experience where they do act up, they don't want to participate all the time, they you know, you have a lot more other behaviors that you need to take into account. So I feel that I thought it was easier than what it was. I also, but I also, uh, one thing that I confirmed was when we started, when we were in one of our classes, in one of our pedagogy classes, um, we saw this video and then it was actually of the process of establishing rules and things and they kept on saying how like you have to do that, like they want, it's there, whatever. Um, whatever you create, they want is what is going to last for the rest of the year. And it seems very uh, absolute. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I confirmed it. I think, um, I got the group that I got later on, like late October. It's still my, my hardest group to manage. And okay. I think it's because, and November was horrible because it was that struggle of like my rules versus like the other teachers' rules. And it's not even, it's not even like, Oh, I want you to do what I want you to do. It was getting used to a new teacher, to the new students, to the new dynamics. Um, And so I do think that whatever you do, the first few classes is going to help you, like make it or break it. You you make a class that is um, more or less calm, that understands the rules, that collaborate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you don't. And then you're struggling the whole year, even if you try later. Like, it's just harder, I find. Okay. Um, maybe so, so management. hmm
3: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: also classroom management. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I would say is maybe differentiation. Okay. What do you mean by I, that? I thought it would be either easy or like straightforward. Like you get a file and it says, you know, you need a, this kid needs a computer, the other one needs more time, uh whatever it may be. But, or then you're creating your plans and you're like, oh, you know, these kids are going to finish faster, so I'm going to do this additionally or, but it's, it's beyond that because it's very, um, individualized. And it's not like you leave, you read a, a thing and you check, oh, I have the computer for my kids, check. It's, it's very moment by moment and something that worked in one class is not going to work in the other. Um, And so I find that that is also, it also seems very easy, or Mm -hmm. like straightforward, like Mm -hmm. easy to tackle. Mm -hmm. And it's not because it's very individual and moment, um, moment based, I find.
0: So it's interesting, I guess what I'm the link I'm getting is that things that seem like formulaic, you know, and you're like, just do this, and this will be the result um is rarely the case and I guess in that first year (laughs) yeah and I guess in that first year you like okay I'm gonna ask you guys this actually what do you think are the qualities that are like perhaps the most essential in that first year because the one that comes to mind right there is this like
2: adaptability oh
1: yeah adaptability oh my god reflection too I Mm found I have I have learn that I've been that I have become a more reflective teacher and a more mm-hmm. reflective human in general mm-hmm. but I do think that reflection is incredibly important when you sit down and you're like this didn't work why didn't it
3: mm-hmm.
1: this worked for half my class what happened to the other half right they did it but this is not what I hoped right so then like all of that reflecting on everything uh is very important
0: I completely agree. Rosalie, do you have any others you want to add? Any other qualities? Um,
2: I think it'd be like something along the lines of like resilience and, and tough skin. Yeah. Against my, I mean, I mean, a major one would be against yourself because I know we're our, like our biggest critics, but um, also, you know, moments where you have a bad class or moments where maybe another teacher saw you have a really bad moment. Don't get too hung up on those things. Don't like... You know, kill yourself over stuff that you might think that other people are thinking, or how you might appear to other people. Like, you know, trust that you know what you're doing, and trust that everybody has bad days. And I mean, I'm saying this because I also still need to know this as well. You know, I'm so happy. I think we
0: all you're bringing that up. I'm so happy you're bringing that up because I think um, that's one thing I really want to address is that I think in that first year, there's a tendency to, to really beat yourself up. And it's funny what you were thinking about reflection, Pilar, because I guess my question is, okay, so let's say like, in a way, how do you reflect kindly? Because I think sometimes we can reflect and then be like, oh my God, that was, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. And then just like, kind of have that voice repeating over and over. So I guess the question is, How do we not have that inner saboteur voice in our heads in that first year?
2: I mean, in terms of the whole reflection thing, because again, in my case, I'm like, you know, classes are back to back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So my reflection needs to be really quick and really on the spot and really like, okay, this didn't work with the first class, which I feel so bad because honestly, I think my first class just ends up kind of being my guinea pig group for all the activities because they're always the first ones right you know and it's where I see like okay so this didn't work out well you know these students had a harder time with this or I could have explained this better and so it's really like from class to class it's something I need to note and I need to be like okay next class I need to do this Mm -hmm. and then thankfully my two classes pretty back-to-back but then my other one I have recess which I mean I'm I'm outside so I don't really have time to think about it but then I do have a 30-minute break so my last class kind of just gets the best of everything because that's when I'm like most prepared and most like, all right, I had these two classes. I saw what I needed to fix. I saw what I needed to change. It's done. And because it's so fast paced, I don't have enough time to be like, man, you're such an idiot. Why didn't you think of this? Why did not oh, you do that better? It's really like, and you know, it gets all done. And then at the end of it, I'm like, all right, you know what? That class went really well. So it wasn't so bad after all type of thing. <laughs> so I don't really like linger on. You don't linger. I okay. done better.
0: Interesting. Anything that has to do with the pace. Yes. Interesting. So, so
2: maybe if I had more time or maybe if I had <laughs> things in between, maybe it might have been a bit different. But again, I'm saying this, but it's it's never something like massive, you know, it's just something like I should have said this or I right. forgot to say this. Or, I right. I forgot to tell them, uh, make sure there's only five pieces you had to cut. So you're not cutting out other words, you know, stuff like that.
0: Right. 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 What do you think, Pilar? Do you think Um, you know, because because it sounds like you have a very busy schedule. Do you think having like having a busy schedule helps you not be in your head because you have to keep moving?
1: Yes. But Mm -hmm. also, like, I do think that like I do make the time to like sit down and be like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. how is this going? Are we going at the pace that I wanted to go? Um, Mostly um, if I'm working on a big project like right now, I've been working because Again, because I teach IB, I kind of look do more extended projects um and so mostly if I'm working on a big project, I sit down and say, "Okay, am I like going off track I, am I saying where am i am I still leading my students to that bigger goal I mm-hmm. um, I but I do think that it's a personality thing again um mm-hmm. for for some people, it might be easier to be like oh, you know, like this worked well and this didn't work so well, but overall it was this. Mm
3: -hmm. For
1: others, it might be easier to just be like, oh, this didn't work and this didn't work and this didn't work. I don't do that, but I, because I think it with the pace, you kind of do it mentally. Mm -hmm. But I think that you can also do some sort of like exit ticket at the end of the day for you and say like, you know, two things I didn't like things I liked and so you write a sentence or a word or and then by doing that it, it would eventually become um, a bit more autonomous but it would also make guide you into thinking of positive things too because I do think that it's very easy to be like oh I wanted to finish that back now like I I right. one of my groups uh I teach um also one of my my classes is Tessa, which is mm-hmm. uh kids with uh, autism. And I had planned this origami dragon and it was awesome. And I tried it with kids before and it worked. And, you know, it wasn't like the 30 minute that we saw in the video. It was the full 75 minutes, but it still worked. Then I did it with my TESA group. It took me four class periods, four okay. 75 minute periods. In my in my mind, I was like, I'm not doing this right. I'm wasting a lot of time. When am I gonna catch up? Like, uh, but then you see them, and they're super engaged. They're still practicing the language. They're producing something. You can do something with it. And then you have to say, okay, not everything was a waste of time. They are learning. They're practicing. We're getting a grade out of this. So why why am I stressing so much when this is beneficial? in the language but also emotionally for my students right Mm -hmm. they like the activity that's huge they they were super engaged for four periods i i was the one that was like oh Mm -hmm. my gosh it's too much time i picked the hardest thing for them like why did i do this but they were loving it even if it took that long
0: okay so where i find it So many, so many interesting things, but just about reflection also being structured and that, um, being something that's potentially very helpful because I don't know, sometimes I find, you know, if you just sit there and think, um, your brain might just go off in some crazy direction, but if you actually say, okay, two things that I think could have been improved upon something that I liked, you know, where you really force yourself in this structured way to reflect, I think could be really, really beneficial, um, that origami I would love to do origami for four classes it sounds-
1: <laughs> yeah
3: sounds dragon lovely. too that sounds great yeah,
1: yeah it that was, sounds it was great fun. it was fun that does it sound really out cool cute too <laughs>
0: um what aspects of the first year um cuz okay we we kind of encapsulated challenges here but what what did you find was really rewarding in that first year like do you remember any particular moments where you were like oh my
1: god amazing
0: or too many? Too so many.
1: Too so <laughs> many. Um, I think, I don't know, not, not some, well, some things are done to you, like, in front of you, but, like, sometimes it's just you hear students talking, and it's just so nice.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, they
1: talk about things they did in class and that they loved, and you're like, oh, great, I did it, you know? Or I'm a big believer that everything we do in the classroom transfers to their stu- like my students life and that's my mm-hmm. biggest objective i don't want to teach them anything that they cannot see outside or use outside more than the language uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm referring to things more than the language so mm-hmm. i find that when you're reflecting like we're reading pay it forward and then when you see them doing things and or talking about this outside the classroom then it brings that level of like oh i'm so proud yay um mm-hmm. I also love it when like my students are like, oh Miss, where? Why do you have so much energy? Like you're always so happy, and I'm not, you know. Like I, <laughs> I'm not always so happy, and I'm not. I don't always have a lot of energy, but I love that they feel that I come to class to be with them. And maybe maybe I'm draining the whole way, but I, I I do feel that I step into the class, and it's just like, okay, I'm here, and everything is is good, and I'm glad that they that they feel that. Um, mm-hmm. but like a particular moment, uh, one, one of my students, uh, made up, like drew a portrait of me. And when the student gave it to me, the student said, thank you, miss. You made me feel like I matter too. And I was like, it's framed in my office. I, I, I kept the post it, put it in the bag, you know, like it's, it's one of those things like, Oh, wow. I, I wasn't planning on doing anything. I never planned to do anything that was especially targeted to you and to make you feel like you matter, but I'm glad that I'm making you feel that you mattered in my class because you do, you know? Um So yeah, things like that definitely make your, your day. And you're like, yes, I can oh do this. But those, those moments that Rosalie was mentioning before that you're like, I'm in the right place. I'm doing mm-hmm. what I love and, and people enjoy me doing what I love. So
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh my god, that just warms my heart. Um Rosalie, what about you? What were
2: what's
0: um what's most rewarding?
2: Very similar thing. Um you know, the most rewarding is when um the students really get into a story or a song or like the unit that we're doing. Um you know, and they really enjoy the activity, they're super engaged and stuff like that because again, first time, you know, teaching grade 1, so I'm not really sure what you know, is really going to capture their interest and what's really going to grab them. And I found mm-hmm. that I've been pleasantly surprised where like the most random things that I didn't think would really hold them is like they have so much interest into it and they're so into it and they love it and they want to keep doing it. They want to like, keep listening to the song and stuff like that. In particular, for this one thing, I decided I was going to do a game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a little matching game. So there's two images, you know, they flip the cards, if they get a pair, they take it. Right. Unbeknownst to me, I, I signed myself up for like four hours of like prep, of, you know, cutting, cutting these stupid little images and then gluing them to, to construction paper and then having to cut out the stupid little construction paper. So I had to do that. And it would have been doubled if I didn't have uh, my boyfriend helping me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I roped him into it.
0: Hey, this is support system too. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, because I
2: was Mm -hmm. like, my God, if I would to spend eight hours cutting out these, these stupid little images of like boots and jackets and scarves, I was like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But um but then you know I brought it in, students were super psyched, you know, that they're they got to play a game and uh but not only did they play the game properly, I'm walking around and I just hear, you know, in their little voices, boots, boots, scarf, mittens, you know, because I had them say the words <laughs> as they flipped over the cards. And uh mm-hmm. so much so that I I I use it again in another class and by then, you know, they were falling apart and I was a little upset. Mm-hmm. But I told my students like, look guys, I've spent a lot of time on this and they're being very careful they're very impressed with me as well so I was like thanks guys
0: oh that is so cute that is really really cute and I also love um okay another point I also love the transparency you know that you kind of said to your students you're like
2: I worked really hard on this guy yes yeah, because you know? then they all looking at me they're like you did this I'm like yes I did please be nice please don't riff them
0: <laughs> I love that because I mean, and I'm not saying this to fault at all my past teachers. Like I have wonderful, wonderful teachers, but I don't think as a student I was ever given this impression like, um Oh, your teachers
2: not, are humans? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. You know? So um I think that's really cool. And I think it's also especially in the first year, like what do you what do you guys feel, I guess, about the topic of showing vulnerability to your students?
2: Uh, to be fair, I have I have six year olds, six seven year olds. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think I can go that deep. But even um, saying like
0: I worked really hard on this, you know, it's yeah, not just like know, it that's magically appears. They can yeah. relate
2: to. Mm-hmm. You know, they they understand the concept of time and you know four hours is long and and you know they understand how hard it is to cut things. You know, they complain after cutting like five little, little, little five little slips of paper. You know, right, my hand hurts. <laughs>
3: like, right.
2: So so obviously, if it's like more relatable things, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's also important to talk to them about, about stuff like that too. Yeah. Because they know a lot more than you would think, or they understand a lot more than you would think.
3: hmm. 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 I
0: agree. I mean, I, I feel this 100%. What, what do you think, Pilar? I think so. I think you don't
1: go like crying into the classroom and saying, <laughs> you know, this is happening in my life because it would be a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that saying, "I'm, I'm feeling proud of you in this moment, like this was very nice. And then also saying, Yo guys, like, what are we doing here? Where mm-hmm. where is the the respect? Uh, what is respect? Okay, you know, I feel like you're disrespecting me. Um, am I disrespecting you?
3: Ooh, yeah, I've like especially with, with
1: with yeah. with my uh, my group that I told you guys I got late October. I feel like that's a group that I have to constantly go into this. I spend time planning this class. Like, I didn't just walk up the stairs and show into this class and pretended to be. I planned this. I mm-hmm. put work and effort I expect you to just listen or just like pretend to participate and then hopefully you will see that it's nice and try to actually participate so I think it is completely healthy mm-hmm. to share this type of uh, of emotion
2: okay interesting
1: interesting
0: I think it's important yeah, I you do.
2: Because yeah, you don't want them to think you're not you're just like this, you know, robot, right? Yeah. It's like very yeah.
0: relatable about that. I mean, I think it's it's interesting. Like as a teacher, I don't know, personally, I feel like you try to maintain this mm-hmm. authority on the one hand, but also like I'm human. I'm like you guys, you know. So it's this it's a bit of a balancing act there. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: But I mean, personally, like even as a student, I I loved it when my teachers were fairly straightforward. Or at least you don't know, also, you know, talk to us like we were also human beings. Like, look, guys, you know, I'm having a pretty bad day today. So, you know, whatever it was, whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I'm re- I think that that conveys respect, honestly. It's like I respect, I respect you. Like I, I share enough with you because I respect you and I feel like you'll you'll get it and you're mature enough to mm-hmm. to respond to this. Yeah. Oh my god, I have there's there's so much I wanna ask you guys, but I feel like we're running out of time here. So just one more quick question. What is the one thing you wish someone had told you before your first year? I think that's a hard thing to encapsulate, but try
1: your best. <laughs> um for me it's three things really. One okay. is like how to globally plan without like knowing what's important in that global year plan and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um because you know how to plan a class like you know how to plan a unit but that whole year with all the restrictions of dates and things like that you don't know
3: mm-hmm.
1: um how the process with the school board worked because we graduated and honestly if it hadn't been for a friend who like was like oh hey the best time is tomorrow are you ready I was like I don't know what." What do I have to do? Like, I didn't even know if I wanted to take a contract my first year. So, so yeah, like the, the process with the school board. Um, And then maybe another thing is, I don't even know how you call that, but like, um, like calculate your minutes. You have like some hours that are like teaching hour, planning hour and like calling mm. parents and like meeting with the principal. And um, I was completely caught off guard when my, when my principal was like, okay, let's calculate your minutes. I was like, what do you mean calculate? Here's my schedule. And he was like, where's your planning hours? Where's your um calling parents? Where is the, I, I didn't know those were included. I didn't know how to include them. It was a big, it was very stressful for me. So okay, so I it sounds like, that, like organizational things. Stuff, yeah,
0: yeah. It sounds like admin organizational things, like these very nitty gritty details that would have probably saved a lot of emotional um turbulence, perhaps
1: stress. But if those are too hard, just like find a system that works for you, like figure out if it's a to do list, a checklist, a block schedule, time schedule, like tech, paper, however, but just like make sure you have an organization system that helps you be in control of the situation.
0: I don't think we can underestimate the importance of um, finding systems that work for you because that is connected to emotions. Like I think we have this tendency to be like, you're the people around you will support you emotionally. But I think like in terms of your own independent um, emotional stability, having systems is huge. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Also because if you think about it, it's not a system to help you plan your classes. It's a system that will eventually help you succeed at being responsible of 200 people so if if you're struggling with your classes and you don't know where where you're going or what materials you need you're going to show up to class and you're going to be eaten alive because you are responsible for keeping them occupied and teaching them and doing engaging stuff for 75 minutes uh you're the one that's going to
2: pay the price ultimately
1: right exactly that you couldn't said better rosalie if you if you don't have anything it's on you
0: Right. 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 Okay. That is so solid. Rosalie, what do you wish someone told you before? Uh, I mean, I definitely agree
2: with Pilar about the whole admin situation. I mean, personally, I'm still like a little like gray area when it comes to my budget right now. I still don't know who I'm technically supposed to see or who I'm supposed to like approach. What am I actually allowed to spend my money on?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So I'm I am so I'm still kind of dealing with that. And uh one of the things too was uh I didn't know how in like how uh in touch I should have been with the parents okay Uh, it was also very hard for me at the beginning because my mosaic wasn't set up until like November so like even if I wanted to send an email to all the all the parents to be like hi I'm your student's new English teacher and you know I'm like you know three months too late
3: oh my god
2: type of thing right um I, I mean I like, I grade one, seeing as I see them once a week and all that, there's not much to say. I've had parents reach out to me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh I did ask the homeroom teachers to pass along my email if ever they need to get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. So kind of found ways around it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but I guess the thing that I would wanna the say that's more on uh on things that we we've like already touched on is yeah. uh, you know, give yourself a break. Um even if you have all that self-doubt, you know, you you did do the five-year program, you did do the work, you do have a solid base, a solid foundation, you know, trust your judgment. And um, one major thing for me that helped me kind of feel a lot better was that ultimately whatever I do in that class, it's not going to make my students regress in English, you know, right, right. they will get something, they will, you know, maybe it's going to be very minimal, but ultimately they're not going to take steps back. Right. You know, I'm not going to do anything that's going to destroy this child. Like, you know, it's, I'm teaching English. It's not, you know, it's it's really like you can only kind of go up. Oh, that's a good language.
0: It's a good mantra. That's, that's a, that's a good one to have in mind. Yeah. Oh, that is so solid. Well, you guys. Um, Thank you both so, so much for, you know, talking about your experiences, talking about what you wish you would have known, talking about the, you know, staying organized and what's important. And I think this information will be so valuable to the first year teacher or, you know what, I mean, to be honest, like, you know, the the Tesla student who hasn't even maybe in their first year of the program or just to kind of know, like, what's, what's coming or even the ones who've been teaching for a while, you know, like the pandemic threw us all for a loop and that was like in a way, first year for everyone, as we talked about at the beginning. So I think what you guys had to say is really valuable. And I especially appreciate the fact that um, you both, like, while you're both in your first year of teaching, like, you know, here in Canada, in this system, you 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 both have very interesting and different perspectives, perspectives, excuse me, to share. So um, thank you both so much. Yeah,
1: yeah thank no, thanks for having fun. us. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you.